Hey everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I am your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Today is episode 26, entitled, The Battle Cry of a Politically Homeless Christian. This episode is inspired by a podcast that I heard on the Babylon Bee. If you're not a Bee follower, I highly recommend it. Uh, but they had a um, an individual on the by the name of Bridget Fetisi who wrote an article called "The Battle Cry of the Politically Homeless" with Spectator uh, magazine website, and it got me to kind of thinking. And I thought, man, not only is that a snazzy title and you know, I have to totally steal it so I can give credit to somebody else and point them to the, point it to their work. Uh, but, you know, it kind of got some thoughts rolling in my head about some things that I've kind of been chewing on and wanted to say for a while now. And, you know, in light of the inspiration of this article, which you can find for in the show notes, uh, jimmystable.com for episode 26. Um, but, you know, it, it got me to thinking, like, man, I really want to speak on this uh because this article was that good so uh, but before we get into it i'd like to tell a little story from my past when i was uh in bible college i remember the first time that i met somebody who i went to bible college with uh who was a follower of jesus and a democrat (laughs) and this came out in some sort of uh theology class that I was having at the time, this this individual who loved Jesus and, you know, signed off on the creed of uh, our very conservative Pentecostal Bible college, admitted out loud in class to being a Democrat. And that kind of shocked us because we all up to that point in our lives had pretty much thought, you know, every born again, tongue speaking Christian, <laughs> you know, in the world, uh, we just presumed we're all uh, Republicans. There just was something about being born again and filled with the Spirit that, you know, we just automatically assume that uh, if you had those two experiences, that that automatically changed the party affiliation for who you voted for. Uh, and it was presumed that uh, that party affiliation would be a Republican. Um, Cynthia was the name of the student. Uh, for those of you who went with me to Lee University in the Charlotte Center, <laughs> you remember Cynthia. Uh, Cynthia, if you're listening, giving a shout out to you. Uh, I don't think she's listening, but uh, anyway. So that kind of got me to thinking. It was I, I found it very offensive, and and clearly so did everybody else in class, even the professor. You know, was a bit taken back, being like, "What? what? You want come again?" <laughs> you know, uh, she admitted to being a Democrat. I just assumed that you know that just wasn't possible. I mean, all those things that Democrats stood for—how could you possibly confess all the things that we as Christians profess um, as conservative, Bible-believing, tongue-talking, spirit-filled Pentecostals? How could you possibly, how could you possibly vote Democrat? So that kind of got me on a little bit of a journey. Um, And over the years, I eventually came to see a divide between the teachings of Jesus and the teachings of 
not only uh, Democrat Party, but, uh, you know, which everybody assumed, of course, um, but the teachings of Republican Party. <laughs> and uh, that kind of shocked me because, you know, I was a very uh, conservative individual. Still would kind of label myself as being kind of a conservative sort of guy when it comes not only to theology, but uh, a lot of my kind of, I guess you could say, political ideals and things that I vote for and candidates that I vote for. And, you know, 95% of the time, I'm probably going to be voting Republican or Libertarian. Um, but, you know, there has been a time or two uh, over the years where I found myself voting for the Democrat candidate, which, you know, would just boggle <laughs> my father's mind because my father, you know, taught me that, remember, Jimmy, whenever you're in the voting booth, vote for the Republican of your choice. And if there's more than one, that's a bonus. <laughs> and those were his exact words and mantra to me uh, over the years. And so, you know, like, uh, and that's something I kind of embodied. Um, but over the years, I began to see more and more that, you know, that political philosophy, as much as that kind of has worked for me, is something that I kind of found myself over the years making it a tougher pill to swallow. Um, I started finding the pill a little tougher to swallow uh, the second time George W. Bush ran for president. Um, and then by the time Donald Trump ran for president i just was like okay it's official <laughs> this is making me officially break from any sort of claim uh to any loyalty whatsoever um to the republican party i was just like no i cannot in good conscience as an evangelical spirit-filled christian just blindly give my loyalty and my vote over to somebody that I saw as basically hijacking the Republican Party um, and trampling on a lot of the things that I understood Republicans at that time to uh, kind of believe. And he was somebody who was definitely out of character for any sort of theology lesson that I ever received um, for, you know, how to know which candidate was God's candidate <laughs> when voting, uh, for the Republican of your choice. <laughs> um, and so that kind of just, you know, undid it all for me. And so when I came across this article in this podcast, uh, with Bridget Phetasy over at, uh, Spectator and after she appeared on the Babylon Bee, I kind of found some uh, verbiage that I thought was very helpful, uh, very powerful. And I thought, hey, this might actually help me articulate something a little bit better than I have been up to this point in my life. Bridget, in her article, you know, she's she's not a Christian, just so you know. She would not say she's not a Christian, but, you know, if you listen to the Babylon Bee uh, podcast, you know, you kind of find out her... You know, affinity for Christianity is uh, rather loose at best. Um, and that she would almost kind of consider herself maybe kind of agnostic at the end of the day. So, 
you know, let me put that out there. I'm taking some uh, inspiration here um, from somebody whose, you know, relationship with Jesus is uh, highly questionable, to say the least. But, you know, that doesn't mean that God can't kind of, you know, have something kind of echoed through uh, the ages that found his way into her heart and her voice that, you know, might have been something that uh, I think we can't, uh, that we can as Christians ultimately learn and benefit from. Bridget in her article talks about the political polarized society that we live in in America today. And with it, it's toxic tribalism. Political affiliations have really, Bridget says, become more about identity and branding uh, rather than folks simply sharing uh, some common political ideologies. Uh, And these tribes are starting to have their tribal leaders um, and the individuals end up being very increasingly polarized uh, figures that kind of make it hard for anybody who is not as equally polarized as those figures to really uh, find a comfortable place to live <laughs> uh, in the, the political world. And thus, she calls herself politically homeless. I, I found the, 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 this particular quote from her article pretty powerful, and I'd like to read it to you now. And I hope you really pay attention to it because I, I just found it very profound. Bridget in her article says, You may have once fancied yourself a good progressive while having the opinion that there are only two genders. Or you may describe yourself as a staunch conservative, but tend to think racial targeting by police is a problem. Or the cardinal sin, you may have decided to vote for a candidate you felt better represented your concerns. Upon voicing on social media what you think are fairly normal and moderate views, you find out something you didn't know. You are the enemy. And not just the enemy, you're evil. (laughs) Bridget says, Both parties demand totalitarian-like devotion to their ideology. And if you're indifferent or apathetic or nuanced in your approach to politics, you'll end up in a wasteland of the center. Tribeless, unprotected, and increasingly insulated. And that's the end of uh, the quote from Bridget's article. Highly encourage you to read the full thing and listen even to the Babylon Bee uh, podcast where she talks a little bit about it. Again, all of that is in the show notes, jimmystable.com, episode 26. Anyway, so, you know, I found a lot of inspiration in this and I found a lot of truth in it that, you know, it's kind of become impossible these days to become nuanced in your political opinions and thoughts and processes. No longer... Do we kind of take a, a Venn diagram approach to politics and deciding which candidate to, to vote for and which party to affiliate ourselves with? Uh, but now it's pretty much you have to be one or the other and you can't be, you know, somebody who, like uh, Bridget says, you know, fancies themselves a progressive while also having the opinion that there are only two genders. <laughs> if you were to have that opinion in the Democrat Party today, might uh, find yourself kind of with without a home. And, you know, if you were somebody who would consider themselves a staunch conservative, 
conservative, but thought, hey, you know, there's a problem with some of this racial stuff and the police in our country, and I think that should be fixed. Well, you know, you're all of a sudden going to find yourself homeless (laughs) when it comes to uh, conservatives. Um, And I kind of like this idea, as frightening as it may feel, um, of this this idea of homelessness is kind of a good thing because we tend not to think of homelessness as a good thing. We all like some place that we feel warm and cuzzy and uh, tight and secure. Somebody, some place that's familiar, you know, a place that we can rely on, uh, a place that we can retreat to in times of difficulty. Um, but because of the increasingly polarized nature of our politics, uh, you know, we're increasingly finding such, uh, safety, uh, impossible to find, uh, in our country. And I think that's not only true of, you know, people who don't believe in God in this country, who, you know, find themselves kind of somewhere politically in the middle, kind of like Bridget. Um, but I think if, you know, if that's true for Bridget, who's not much of a believer in anything, you know, how much true, how much more true should that not actually be for us as Christians? Should there not be a sense as Christians, as these otherworldly saints that we're supposed to be, as these individuals who are pilgrims, shouldn't there be a sense in which we're just journeying on through this world, uh, in, in which we're not tying ourselves down or staking ourselves out into anything permanent or lasting or trying to affiliate one way or the other with one side or the other of something that is happening in this world. Um, I'm reminded in Hebrews 11 about Father Abraham. You know, you know the story of Abraham, how he lived in Ur of Chaldees, and uh, all of a sudden God spoke to him one day and said, Abraham, get up. (laughs) I'm going to go take you on a journey and show you some land, uh, some real estate that I'm going to give you and your descendants uh, forever. And from that moment on in Abraham's life, Abraham never found a place to call his home. Abraham lived forever the rest of his days constantly as a wanderer, as a stranger, as somebody who was just pitching his tent. Trying to imagine if you were to try to put that in the modern day sort of situation. You know, maybe you can't imagine somebody wandering around uh, America living in a tent, you know, floating from place to place. But, you know, maybe you could uh, imagine Abraham living forever the rest of his days out in an RV, uh, hooking up his RV at an RV park or rest stop or, or you know, uh, neighbor's backyard or family's backyard or wherever. You know, imagine uh, that being what God had called you as a Christian to do. Well, that's exactly what Abraham was called to do. He was called to be a stranger, a wanderer, somebody who who didn't have a solid roof over his head, who lived the rest of his days uh, moving from place to place to place to place um, and never living in any place very long. And feeling some inspiration from Hebrews 11 and, and uh, Father Abraham, you know, I think as Christians, you know, we kind of should take the philosophy of Abraham and find ourselves 
uh, politically speaking, as as homeless, as individuals constantly living in a tent, wandering from one location to the other, realizing that none of the political parties that offer us a home are the home that God, is the home that God has ultimately called us to. Uh, for we have a home and we have a country uh, whose architect and founder and builder is uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, is, is God himself. And I think there should be a restlessness about us in our spirit that just says, you know, I'm just not comfortable in any of these parties, and I find things troubling in all of them. And I think if, you know, we were to have a sound theology and be of right mind and right spirit, um, you know, I think as Christians, we should... We should have that philosophy and that mindset, uh, not only about the political parties we're affiliated with, but the nations that we're living into. You know, we should have a very uh, loose hold on this world and our political parties. Instead of anchoring ourselves into it, um, we need to realize that, that this world and these political parties are nothing more than ropes made of sand. And that they're ultimately just passing through our fingertips. And it's something that, you know, try as we might, it's something that we're never really meant to quite get a hold on. And out of such a mentality, and it's something that's been kind of bubbling in me for a while, and it's something that um, I have practiced for, I don't even remember how many years now. Um, but I am officially, as a Christian, evangelical, born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking Christian, <laughs> um, somebody who is politically unaffiliated. I have no party that I belong to. I'm not just going to hit R every time I go to the voting box and vote for the jersey and vote for the person that I, you know, who has co-opted uh, the a Christian perspective about the world. Donald Trump doesn't have my loyalty any more than Bernie Sanders or anybody in between has my political loyalty. For as a Christian, I refuse to give in to the tribalism of our political parties and that which is brewing in our nation. As a Christian, as far as I'm concerned, I only have one tribe, and that's the tribe that Jesus Christ ultimately heads and I'm not worried about trying to affiliate myself um, with any other party um, and I look at this entire party mentality in which you know Christians uh, get co-opted into a political party or voting block uh, by this world um, you know I, I just I can't I can't participate in it I can't be a part of it. I'm not going to allow myself to be manipulated. Um, and I'm going to say that I'm ultimately uh, free of all men when it comes to political affiliations and loyalties and parties and who and what issues I'm going to be voting for. Uh, because ultimately I see both parties and all the other parties as ultimately trying to do something in this world um, that really ultimately opposes Jesus Christ at the end of the day. And since I am a kingdom-minded individual, I just can't, you know, find myself saying, hey, I'm going to labor on behalf of the political party and its power and its dreams and its vision. Because as a Christian, I am laboring on behalf 
of my political party uh, in which Jesus Christ has had in his vision and his dreams and his plans for this world. And I think there's a real danger as a Christian to belonging to any official political party. Um, I believe there's a real true danger there. Because when you think about it, when you sign up for a political party, you are essentially pledging a sort of party loyalty. Um, you are agreeing to vote for whoever uh, the, the party uh, officially puts up for office. And you're kind of agreeing to... Um, you know, vote for whatever um, policies and visions and ideals that they put forward. Um, and when you do that, there's very little room in those parties for constructive dialogue um, within the party or folks outside uh, the party. It becomes a zero-sum game at that point, a winner-take-all, no-holds-barred um, sort of take on things, at least as it is in this country um, today. And as a result, you will be asked to compromise uh, your beliefs and your values, and you will be asked to vote for candidates that require you to hold your nose in order to vote. Um, well, you know, as somebody who's a Christian and is, you know, <laughs> highly idealistic, even at 37 years old, I consider myself a pretty idealistic driven sort of guy, um, I refuse as a Christian with principles and beliefs and values to hold my nose in order to vote for any man or any woman in office. And if those individuals, you know, that run for political office, you know, don't have a lot of things in common with what I believe and value and act in certain ways that I expect my political leaders to vote for, then as a Christian, I'm going to to uh, put forward my um, authority as a Christian to not vote <laughs> or to vote for another party all together simply because they may have some better candidates than the one I might have been naturally disposed to vote for. I believe that, you know, if we, if we tie ourselves and tether ourselves to a political party, you know, it, the, that political party can ultimately become a dangerous rudder uh, that sets us a sail in the wrong direction if, and take us to places from which there is no return. And, you know, I believe that you're seeing that now in the Democrats. I believe you're seeing that now with the Republicans. And it's been that way for quite a few years. You know, I believe that with our representative form of government, we should vote for people who are like us and their beliefs, values, and actions, um, and vote for people who are going to represent us at the end of the day. But if the, such a candidate does not exist, um, then if I can't vote for somebody in good conscience and it requires me to hold my nose to vote for that candidate, then I should know in my heart of hearts that person is not the candidate that I should vote for. And they're truly not going to represent me at the end of the day. Uh, and as a Christian, I find that very, very important. Um, so we should be very careful about who we vote for and why we vote for them. Um, and we should threaten to not 
vote for, if I might quote <laughs> the famous Richard Pryor movie, none of the above. <laughs> you know, we should be willing to vote for none of the above if at the end of the day none of the candidates truly represent us and this representative government that we have here in America. We must ultimately, at the end of the day, resist the tribalism. We must resist feeling as if we have some sort of obligation to vote for one party. For as Christians, we are not tethered to any political party. Whether we have been tethered to Jesus Christ and crucified with him, and he is the one we hold to and cling to and show our loyalty and pledge our oaths to. I don't have any obligation to anybody else. Our loyalty as Christians is to Jesus Christ and him alone. And lest we forget, Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. And to him alone, all authority, both in heaven and on earth, has been given. So instead of us worrying about what political party to best align with, Political parties ought to be concerned about where they align in relationship to Jesus Christ and his kingdom. And really, at the end of the day, ultimately us. <laughs> so, you know, Bridget ends her article, uh, the politically homeless article, saying, While both sides increasingly weaponize reason and peddle conspiracy theories in order to defend insanity, Millions of sensible, moderate Americans grapple with the choice to join a tribe, tune out, or go insane. Opt to tune out, and you're just carrying water for the Nazis, or you're a conservative. Join a tribe, and you have completely abandoned your ability to think critically. No matter what, everyone seems to be going crazy, and the exhausted majority could be the key to combating polarization and the saving of the world. If only we weren't so afraid. End quote. So the question is, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid to stand outside the gate where Jesus Christ is? Where he's being crucified away from the city? Away from the safety? Or would you rather find your safety and belonging and the tribes and political affiliations of this world? Should we as Christians, not rather simply as Christians, belong to the one tribe in which Jesus Christ is our tribal leader? <laughs> you know, should we not ultimately tether ourselves and pledge our loyalties to him? I believe so. And as such, you know, to play off uh, Bridget's article, you know, I have labeled this podcast the battle cry of a politically homeless Christian. For the end of the day, this is my battle cry, folks. And I consider myself politically homeless. I identify with Abraham who did nothing for the remainder of his days live in a tent and move from one place to another belonging to no one except 
the Lord himself. No matter where he was, no matter what land he was passing through, uh, he ultimately, at the end of the day, had no loyalty but that of his loyalty to the Lord. And I believe we should follow in Abraham's footsteps. We should be like him, a nomad, living in a tent, living in an RV, in a van down by the river. <laughs> uh, um, that, that should be our mindset as Christians. So anyway, everybody, this is Jimmy Humphrey, episode 26, jimmystable.com, the podcast. Um, hope you've enjoyed today's show. Reach out to me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. Let me know what you think. Subscribe to this podcast. Leave feedback. Uh, interact with me on Facebook. You can find the links to it on uh, the jimmystable.com website. This same goes with Twitter and uh, wherever else I might be found. I'd love to hear from you. And if I know you in real life and you live in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, let's get together for some coffee or something to eat sometime. I'd uh, love to, to do that with, with all you guys. So uh, take care, everybody. God bless. And uh, don't vote for the Republican of your choice <laughs> at the end of the day. Please don't do that. Please. Take care, everybody. God bless.